Hey, welcome to the show. Today is a super interesting conversation with my buddy Evan Metz, who is bringing to Jacksonville the coolest hospitality concept that I think this city is going to have. And it replicates a concept that I saw work really, really well in the Wynwood neighborhood of Miami, which is a combination outdoor beer garden, food hall, and event space that creates community in an up-and-coming neighborhood, and it's called Alberry. So you're going to hear us talk really high-level hospitality concepts, but also Evan is this super woke dude that's been through this big personal transformation that took him from trying to be like your prototypical real estate developer guy to the guy that's really going to transform this neighborhood. So listen up. If you're in Jacksonville, come to Alberry. It is awesome in the Springfield neighborhood. And either way, connect with Evan. Awesome guy. Great concepts going great places. Enjoy. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. What's up, dude? How are you, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Awesome. Awesome. Um, what is, what is Alberry, Evan? Alberry. So <clears throat> Alberry is an outdoor food hall, beer garden, and live music venue. Uh, we're opening up in Springfield, which is a super cool neighborhood and just outside of downtown Jacksonville. Um, so Alberry means trees in Italian and the theme. So this is our logo as uh, you can see me and Pablo both wearing um and the theme is nature wins so it's this post-apocalyptic vibe where you come in and you see like this just abandoned industrial civilization so we've taken like an old boom truck and made a dj booth out of an old boom truck uh we've taken the back of an 18-wheel truck and made that into a live music stage uh i recently just bought an airplane that we're converting into a outdoor bar which is gonna be super cool um and then you know we're still in the in the process looking for a fishing boat to make that into a seafood vendor so the idea is you come in it's just like whoa what's going on there's all these like old industrial equipment and then that's all been turned into these really awesome food vendors so you can come and get the best bowl of fall you've ever had in, in your entire life 
next to an awesome Hawaiian plate next to, um, you know, some awesome Venezuelan tapas, you know, maybe some empanadas or some smoothies, go to the tequila stand and get a tequila shot. Uh, listen to some awesome music. So really just about bringing all these awesome creative people to the forefront in a really intriguing venue. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a freaking awesome process. We had our, our first soft opening a couple weeks back. We got our next one. We got two of them coming up in January. Um, so, I, you know, for the listeners, I'd recommend going on our Instagram and Facebook for some more updates. Um, Alberry unofficial on uh, Facebook and IG. Right on dude. What? So, okay. You, you go, you go real quick through the whole beer garden outdoor space. Like, like what, what are the, what are the three components that you call it? So food hall, um, beer garden and live music venue. So you, so you come in, you got all the different food vendors. You got this beer garden atmosphere where you have different games that you're going to play, you know, uh, still figuring out which games you want to incorporate. And we're definitely going against the norms and conventions. So typically, you know, you'll come in, you'll see cornhole, but we're thinking of some other stuff that, uh, you know, is a little bit more unique and intriguing. Um, so you got that games vibe and then the live music. So we're bringing in awesome music vendors. Um, so for our first event, we had people like MJ Baker, who did like, that's like an R&B band, uh, Sheldon Quick and his jazz band. Uh, DJ Joey Funk came in from Gainesville playing some really cool, funky house tunes. Um, so this really diverse music vibe where every hour you're going to experience something different. Every hour you're going to try a different uh, bite of food. Every hour you're going to play a different game where you can get lost in this experience and end up spending all day there. And you're just like, what the hell? I've been here all day and I've just been having a great time. Um, so it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. And um, it's going to be a great business. So what I think of, so how you describe it as this like beer garden, food hall, music venue, I also think that you're missing the idea that you're creating a public space. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of its own mini park, right? Like this thing's going to be open to the public, whether or not you have all of those things going at once, it's still like a place that you can show up with your kid and your kid's going to climb around the truck like an animal while you are maybe just grabbing one drink and an empanada. There's no live music or whatever, but you're just there for the day chilling. And maybe you just went to a coffee shop in Springfield. You come over to drink your coffee. You can still post up on like the boat and have your kid like turn the wheel. Oh, or something yeah. like that, Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's where we're working towards is having this open as an everyday venue where you can come just hang out, experience the cool architecture, experience architecture, the cool trees, um, grab a bite if you want. And yeah, maybe there won't be music playing all the time, um, but a good amount of time we want some awesome music playing and, um, you know, and we're just, it's, it's a work in progress. So I just had this uh, vendor reach out to me. They, they have really cool vegan donuts and coffee. And she was like, Hey, you know, I have this, and she has this really cool cart and she's like, Hey, I want to come. I want to post up. She wants, she wants to come this Sunday. So I was like, all right, like go. So she's posting up this Sunday. She'll be there the next few Sundays and she's going to hit up some other people. So we'll just have food carts there, um, doing their thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very, uh, fluid and, and what I've learned through a lot of personal growth and development that I've gone through is a lot of times we have all these thoughts and, 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 uh, conventions on how we think things should go but it's really not up to us. It's up to the universe. And I've kind of just been taking the blessings that have been coming my way. Um, and it's been 
incredible, the amount of incredible people that have come into my life and that I've come into their lives, uh, whether it's, you know, an awesome food vendor or a couple of interns that we've recently brought on that are just incredible people and just like want to get involved in the project and crush it. Uh, just really, really cool people. Um, so I just feel very blessed and, and fortunate to, to be where I'm at. Tell me about that personal growth and development, man. What do you mean by that? Um, so back in March, I went through this real spiritual awakening. And before that time, I think I was doing everything for the wrong reasons. I wanted people to know who I was. I wanted to be this big developer. I want to be this big like hospitality guy that people would know and like and respect. But again, that, that was everything doing everything for the external reasons. And what I realized was like, even after I bought a building or even after I, um, you know, like would open up something or, or do anything externally, there'd always be the next objective. There's always be the next target. And I was living a very unfulfilled life because I was tying my happiness to my outward success. So I flipped that on its head. I read this book, Letting Go by David Hawkins, which changed everything for me. It was absolutely nuts. And what I realized was it's not the external thoughts and uh, it's not the external experiences that shape our thoughts and emotions. It's our thoughts and emotions that shape our external experiences. And after I realized that, like I just worked on myself internally. I worked on becoming a happy person. I worked on letting go of all these external things and stopped caring about like, oh, if I bought this building or opened up this hospitality concept or whatever it is, and just started living with so much positive energy. And ever since that happened, all the things that I wanted in the first place have just like accelerated and come into my life, which is like really, really, really crazy because now that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is internal happiness and growth. And all these things are manifestations of the internal growth that I've gone through. So it's, it's crazy. Um, Do you see that? Do you see that kind of like, is that a reflection of the architecture that you're trying to create here in Alberry? Or is that, was that like, like I see a correlation between what you just described of like, let it go to bringing a bunch of junk (laughs) that looks cool and letting stuff grow around it. Right. Like, is that, is that deliberate? So there's a big connection in, in the art that you'll see at the space. So all the art that you see in the space, I have done myself, whether it be going to the scrapyard and sourcing the airplane or whether it be inside the box truck, all the crazy painting in there. Um, that all comes from, from me. Um, so all the art has this like deeper symbolic meaning, a meaning. And what you'll see in a lot of my art is you have this, these blacks and these grays as the background. And what that represents is the old industrial civilization, similar to the Alberry concept, but um, also what it represents is society. And so society has all these norms and conventions, how they think we should be, how they think we should act. Oh, like you have to do this and this and this in order to be successful. And it's crazy. They kind of warp our minds to think that money or, you know, cars or this or that is going to make us happy. So that's that like black and that gray on the background. But once you start letting go and understanding and letting go of society's norms and conventions and letting your internal happiness kind of bubble out, then you have this explosion of colors, the yellows, the greens, the oranges that kind of explode outward out of that old society. So all the art that you'll see in this space that I create has these colors, has these tones, has these textures. 
I've also done a few uh, canvases, which are super cool. Um, a lot of stuff on like mental health and in, in the society using different colors. And uh, I've done a few paintings where once you explode out and you realize that there's a difference between like society and, and your internal, then once you kind of get released out of that kind of uh, mental rat race, then you can create some symbiosis. And then I have different paintings where I've, uh, where that's where I feel like I'm more now, where you can integrate with society, where you have the beautiful black and the gray interfusing with these other colors. So there's not much juxtaposition, but more like integration between the two. Um, so I, I love painting, man. It's, it's cool. And it's a cool expression. I'm impressed, bro. That sounds, <laughs> that's really interesting, man. What a, was there some kind of like big pain point moment that led to this spiritual awakening kind of thing? Like, where were you? What, what, what was going on in your head that, that you started kind of like seeking this stuff? Yeah. Um, so this was back in March. Um, I had bought one building in Springfield and, and again, it was all like, I needed to become a known entity, a known person. I wanted people to know who I was. And so I had this other building under contract I was like, man, this is a big statement piece. Like this is good. People are going to know who I am if I do this. COVID hit. And then it was like, oh man, um, you know, I don't want to be sitting on a highly leveraged um, vacant building. So like, you know, I think it, we had to walk away from the deal. But so we walked away from the deal and then I was just sitting there like, oh my God, I have, I have nothing now. You know, it's just like, I've been working so hard. I finally thought I was going to like be this name and this impact. And then I just like really sank low. I was just like, man, like just like hard to get up in the morning, you know, waking up at freaking 10 AM, 11 AM, like just, you know, not, not having much motivation to, to do anything. Um, and I was like, I got to do something. So I knew I needed to get out of it. So I uh, hired a personal development coach, Jeffrey Combs, a really good dude. Uh, he's still my coach. And he first thing he told me is like, you got to read this book, Letting Go by David Hawkins. So I read this book and I started to understand, like it, it really woke me up. Like some of the things that it said were like, you know, it, the, the same thing with the, the internal lead and the external, not the external lead and the internal. So like, if you know, an anxious person, like it doesn't matter what the situation is, like they're going to be anxious, you know, an angry person doesn't matter. So like, for example, you'll be standing in a line in a two hour line in Disney world, the anxious persons. Like, oh my God, am I going to die on the ride? And they're going to be freaking out for like two hours. Right. The angry person. Be like, what the fuck? A two hour line. Like, what is this? Right. <laughs> um, where like, I strive and where, where I'm becoming is the person where I'm like, man, I get to be here right next to my good friend, Pablo, me and me and Pablo are waiting in line. We're, we're catching up. We're having a good time. We're making jokes. You know what I mean? Pablo goes and grabs some popcorn, brings it back to line. We're eating some, pop Oh wow. What a beautiful day out. And so it does just doesn't matter what happens externally. So that started getting me on this, this grind. And I started doing six hours of personal development every day where I was reading that and uh, Vishen Lakhiani Mind Valley and um, uh, like a, a Tony Robbins podcast, Mickey Singer, like all these incredible resources. Um, and at certain points I was like, shouldn't I be doing work right now? Like I should be doing work and you, your mind will creep in, but the work is that personal growth and development. The, the number one goal is that growth. So I stayed consistent with it. I stayed at it. Um, you know, the universe has thrown me many tests, 
since then to make sure that I'm staying all my stuff without actually letting go. There's actually an interesting thing that happened along the, the road. Like I think it was my first big test after I changed everything. And so my goal was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to like, you know, buy the whole neighborhood and develop all of Springfield. Right. And so once I started letting go, this like energy and this vibration started coming about me and I just started doing it. And then I attracted these big investors that were talking about them giving me $10 million to like buy the whole neighborhood and do everything that I always wanted to do. But then I stopped letting go. I became, um, I became, I became like, uh, connected to it, not connected, but I became like attached to it. And then as soon as I became attached to it, those investors went away. And it was like my first big test of like, Hey, and, and so that's the thing is the universe consistently will throw us challenges and it's all meant to happen for a reason. So every morning I do gratitude every morning. I thank the universe. I thank God, whatever it is that you may believe in, like thank that for, for the good, for the bad, for the challenges. Um, and man, like life has become so amazing ever since then. I got goosebumps when you were just talking, bro. Like I, um, so I, I went through my big period of, of personal development, uh, early 2019, right. When I, like, I, I moved up here to, to be the VP of business development for a startup software company. I was a partner in the company, right? Like I, I paired up with this guy. I spent 2018 proving my thesis of everything I wanted to prove on like community creation for business development and whatnot. But it was pretty clear by the end of it that um, that I this guy wasn't the guy I wanted to partner with, right? So mm-hmm. I walked away from it all just like, first of all, coming up here, like I, I gave up, I gave up like a, like a hundred thirty thousand dollar base salary plus whatever to be head of business development for a construction company. It was like the clear next step up in my career mm-hmm. to come fuck around on like software, you know. <laughs> like, um, and it was the first time that I ever went against my dad's um, best advice in something that really mattered, right? Like, <laughs> and um, and and then when it went wrong, right? So like I was already out on a limb just by like moving up here, right? Like giving up my network in Miami, whatever. Um, So I'm just kind of framing it all because then I snapped off that limb, right? Like I was just like, I'm out on a limb. I'm like, fuck this, right? Like I I figured out like, this is what I want to be doing. I just got to figure out how I'm going to reverse engineer it, right? Um, And for the first 90 days of 2019, I took a purposeful pause, right? Like I, I, like my wife was just like, dude, you should like really just chill and figure out where you want to be in 10 years instead of like taking the next opportunity. Cause I get opportunities thrown my way all the time. And I fall in love with everybody as you probably figured out by now. <laughs> um, and, um, so I do that. It, it's great. Right. Like in 90 days, I like, I book like four conferences. I do all this shit. And, and like, I come out with my plan of like community creation for business development, the language, kind of what I want to do, like through all this iteration, and then by end of April, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm doing. Stuff's resonating. This is money made. This is money made. Like, this is when I start getting paid. I'm going to start asking for shit, right? Like when like everything that I've been doing is like provide value, provide value, and it all comes back. May was the fucking worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was terrible, dude. And it wasn't until I listened to like my, you know, what is my favorite podcast um, called The Growth Not Movement Live, this guy, Justin Schenk. And he has this, like, he had this moment where he was talking about like, man, when you are when you're down to your last, like 
when you're down to your last dollar, when you're down to your last, like whatever, the move is not to ask for more. It's to give. Right. And I was like, dude, I had totally forgotten that. Right. Like, and I, and I completely switched that mindset. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to offer value, bro. And right after that, like, it was like, I got my first real client and you know, like all this stuff started happening, man. So I'm like, when you, when you told me that story, I'm like, right now I have, I have, I have goosebumps talking about it, man. But you know, as I, I, before we hopped on today, man, I did like, I started kind of stalking you a little bit on Facebook, right? Like I'm like preparing for, for talking to you, whatever. And it's pretty clear to me, man, that we don't just vibe. I don't know, man. It's pretty clear from pictures on Facebook and what you're doing that you come from a really tight family nucleus of extended family, people that have supported you, you know, like, like, like you're close to your sister and your parents and your cousin and, and, and whatever, right? Like I, I really resonate with that, man. And I wonder what, you know, how did you end up in Jacksonville, right? Like, like how hard was it to leave the nest? Like, did they, was that difficult for you? Did, were there obstacles in the way? Was that, you know, you're saying that the universe has thrown you, what was the first kind of like obstacle that, that was thrown your way? So when it comes to leaving the nest, I left the nest when I quit PwC. I was working at PwC doing M&A consulting for them when I was like 23, so five years ago. And I moved out to Oregon to get into the cannabis business. Hmm. So I moved out there. I was doing that. Uh, you know, learned a lot of lessons through that experience. Didn't end up working out. Um, moved back to Miami. <clears throat> got to think about what I wanted to do next. And in Oregon, you have all these really cool outdoor food halls, which are basically just vacant lots with uh, really cool yep. food carts on it. So I was yep. like, you take this concept and bring it elsewhere. Um, so I ended up hitting this road trip uh, around the Southeast looking for where I wanted to do it. Now, coming back to like the the family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's go back to that quitting PwC, yeah. I imagine, yeah. did not go over well. Did it go over well? Yeah, they were always like, Steady job, you know, security, you know, they're definitely of that um, mentality. So, you know, but they, they, they've had faith in me the whole time. And even though we might think that there should be different paths, like they, they trust me, uh, which I'm very fortunate about. So that was the first big thing. And, and then I think there was a lot of uh, tension because Oregon didn't end up working out. And I ended up like blowing all of my money. Um, I ended up blowing some of their money. Um, so it, you know, then when I came back, it was really like, Evan, like you gotta get some stability. And, you know, so like they, like we mutually, so they, they supported me a lot of, a lot of my life. And I'm like very fortunate about that. Um, but then, you know, we came to this mutual understanding that like, that was that, like there was no more coming in. And that was probably one of the the best things that ever happened to me. It really taught me like, fuck, like shit just doesn't come to you. So when I was doing this road trip, like I had like no money to my name. So I was basically like sleeping in my car. I was sleeping in like really freaking cheap motels where I was like, did someone get killed in this room last night? You know, like it was, it was crazy, but it was a good experience. It really taught me a lot and, and added that extra motivation that, um, that really is necessary. Like Oregon, there was really no like fire under my butt. It also wasn't my vision. Um, I had other partners that, so it was just a very different situation, but kind of having that fire, having my vision, like working really hard. I mean, it taught me so many lessons. 
Um, and then at the same time, I'm very fortunate because when I got here and I ended up finding our first investment opportunity, you know, I found this great deal. I found this great building on main street and all the, like me and my parents had agreed that we weren't going to like, you know, they weren't going to continue to support me, but I was like, shit, like there's a great deal. We got to make a move on it. So I uh, invited my parents up to Jacksonville to show them what was going on. Um, and I, they came up for porch fest, which I don't know if you guys know porch fest, but strategic time to, to bring them up. Yeah. I was like, guys, like we got to do this. And, you know, they have a lot of faith in me and they ended up, you know, purchasing this building, which I then leased out um, in under a month to a software coding bootcamp. So then I was like, all right, like Evan kind of knows what he's doing. Um, now the software coding bootcamp is not making out the other side because of COVID. So dealing with all that right now, um, we live and we learn and, and we, we make mistakes, but I'm so fortunate to have, you know, this great relationship with my parents where they've been able to help me out where I need it. And also, uh, where we both know where we got to like kind of cut those ties. Um, I feel like I've kind of had this incredible combination. I'm just super blessed to have like both sides where I was like, I got to figure out my own shit, but like at the same time, like I have that resource, um, that can help me with that. So like, I don't, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate. Um, and, and to make it relatable for other people, like, you know, I don't like, it is an advantage, but like, I think anyone can do it. You know, if there's like passion, there's drive, like one way or the other, you figure it out. So like, um, now I'm at that point where there's no more coming in from them. Like, I got to figure this out. Like I'm making shit happen and, that, and I've had a lot of great people gravitate. So it's, uh, I'm excited for the next step. Honestly, man, it sounds like a great combination. Cause to me, like I didn't, I didn't realize that I had to totally get off the tit until, you know, like six years ago kind of thing. Right. I'm 40. Right. So like, and, and it wasn't because it wasn't because my parents were supporting me as much as I just continued to follow that advice. You know, like, like it was, it was such a, it was a pretty overwhelming force of just like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, like, like there's, there's definite moments in my life, like at 25, I was just like, no, I'm going to quit this like fortune 500 executive grooming job that is happening for me and go sell solar panels. They're like, no, come back in. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there, there was, you know, there's been multiple moments in my life where I'm like, nah, bro, I want to pull this ripcord and go do something else. And I wish I had done it at 24 at 25. Right. Like, as opposed to, and and then to be perfectly transparent, right? Like it's, it's the idea that, dude, I lived in this, I lived in this household where, and it's, it's, it's weird to say this, right? Cause at the end of the day, this is like totally rich kid problems. Right. But like, I, I didn't learn to do my own fucking laundry till like my late twenties, man. Like I live, you know, like I lived at home, then I lived in a fraternity house. Then I lived, you know, like, like I, I lived in this like totally structured, structured household. Then I had a job where coming straight out of college, I was making 60 grand a year. So I would just pay for it to get done. And it wasn't until I was like, 28 ish where I'm just like, all right, man, I just can't pay people to like do the most menial stuff for me. Cause I need to learn how to, how to do it. And it started manifesting in other parts of my life. Like I still, to this day, struggle to write the most mundane email, right? Like if I'm not, if I'm not working on something big, I just don't give a shit about it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it's interesting to, to be able to, you know, walking that balance of like support, you know, like knowing, 
you know, at the end of the day, man, if all things go really, really south, you know, you can go crash on your parents' couch. That is a blessing. You know, like that's not something everybody has, but, but I think there is, there's a real, there's real work to do in choosing for yourself that you're going to establish your own rock bottom of like, this is as low as I'm ever going to go without having a real, just like, I'm, 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 I'm like selling my body for crack or whatever the fuck. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I think that that's a really interesting part of the puzzle. And for you to be able to transcend through that at an early age, I think says a lot about a, your self-awareness and B you know, their level of awareness of just like, yeah, man, all right, Evan's going to go do it on his own at this age. Like there isn't, there isn't this like buyout or whatever, right? Like, I don't know, man, I, I don't know where I'm going with it outside of the fact that I think, it really resonates. I, think, I think what really resonated with, with me, what you talk about is, or I guess how, how I've seen it with a lot of other people is with this relationship with your parents, when you're reliant on them, it creates a lot of unhappiness. Um, I've seen a lot of people that aren't happy because you don't control your own decisions. And, and also you, you, you can't support yourself. You, you just like, there's no motivation. So a lot of times when people come from significant money, like, man, sometimes they have some of the, the biggest mental health issues because of that reliance, because of that, what's the point of like kind of getting up? I don't really need to do anything. Everything's supported. My parents do everything for me and like life is easy. Um, and I think we need to really go through this like learning curve of like cutting off those ties, like becoming independent. Um, so it, it's been a great process for me. I'm sure it was an incredible process for you, like going through that. Um, I think other people, you know, I think we come from similar backgrounds. Like if they're currently going through this, like, please reach out to me. Like I love talking to people. I love helping people out. Um, I love fostering people's growth. I think there's a really big, like, there's so many rags to riches stories and so few just like, no, bro, you don't have to go to rags. Like you can, you can come from something and still be your own person. Like, like, I, I just don't think anybody has the stones to talk about that shit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cause it's, cause it's uncomfortable to be like, yeah, man, I come from this and man, my parents, you know, like whatever. Right. Like, so I don't know, man, it's something I've been exploring, bro. But I think, um, I think, I think there's a, a few of us that are noticing, I probably more, more than just a few, but man, like, like, you, you know, Gary V obviously we've spoken about him before and that's a huge thing that he talks about as well, which is like, I was listening to his stuff and he was saying, you know, some of like people are so reliant on your parents. Like, yeah, you got your company, you got this, but like you're paying for the Uber with your parents' credit card. Like, and he's like, you know, you're doing like the same thing. Like you're talking to interviewing all these people, like you're downloading all the content from our generation. Like you're seeing these similar trends, like Gary's seeing these similar trends. Um, and it's, it's really cool to be able to see and observe. And then now, how do we use your platform? How do we use my platform um, to really get the word out and help other people understand, you know, because a lot of times you're kind of blinded by it and you don't really get it. And even if people tell it to you like 50 million times, like something needs to happen. So how do we really like get into these people's heads, do it in a way that's easy and digestible, that's really going to relate to them 
and let them have these ideas themselves because I've also learned like you can't tell someone something. They have to come to that conclusion themselves. Agreed, man. I, I, I've kind of, you know, Gary is a really significant person in my life because up until, you know, Gary talks about it, but he comes from living in a one bedroom apartment. Right. But like what Gary represents to me is he was the first dude, right? Like I'm like rolling around Miami talking about how forming these young professional groups and doing all this charitable work ended up leading to long-term success for me and me being able to redefine myself and me being able to call my own shot. And I'm, and I'm sitting there shouting from the mountaintops of like, you can be successful by adding value to other people, not by subtracting other people's values for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I saw Gary V that I found somebody that was doing that at scale and was an alpha player and was an alpha male. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, yeah. like, like a, a true reflection of somebody that was, you know, not a pussy <laughs> and not, you know, and that's not the word I like to use anymore, man. But like, you know, I some, like it, man. He's somebody, badass. Dude. Yeah. Some, some, somebody, that, <laughs> somebody that wasn't soft yeah, and, sure. and is undisputably successful. And is preaching the fact that he got to this undisputable success top of the mountain by giving value and was showing you the framework of how you're able to give out so much value at scale without it subtracting from your own thing, right? So like, again, that's why I try to, I think guys like you and me can serve as the next level of the people that come from somewhere that understand that you don't have to go to you know, like th- that you can create your own path outside of the outside of your family without completely eschewing your family and like rejecting them and without having to like go down the wrong side of the tracks. You can you can create this own path without having to do it and still be an overall positive influence. Well, what, what, what resonated with me there was like making big things happen with a big heart. Right. And doing it for the right reasons. And so you know, when I was getting into the real estate business here, I, I kind of was able to observe some different people um, here and, and really successful people and like how they got there. And, you know, I've, I've had some mentors like our good friend, Alex Afakis. Um, dude, like guy's got a big heart. Guy delivers a lot of value. I mean, I mean JWB is exactly that, right? Like yeah. Alex, Greg, those guys are, yeah. that, are that prototype. And so, so like I come to town and he's just like linking me up with everyone and just helping me out. Like with everything, I'm just like, man, like what an amazing guy. And, and that's where I aspire to be and, and where I, I'm, I'm going is to, is to be that person that just gives and gives and gives. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, you give without asking to receive, but it tends to work out that it all comes back tenfold. Um, so I think that's a huge reason why Alex and JWB have become the company that they've become. And I've seen this with, with other businesses and other companies and, and other people and other people that I'm, that I admire. Um, what's crazy is on the other side, I've also seen some people become very successful in like a, in like a, just, you know, kind of would step on the other person next to them in order to make that gain. Um, and learning from what not to do there. I mean, you can make it that way, but who wants to make it that way? And I feel like the overall level of like internal happiness between the people that do it from a place of love and driving value, like 
they're the ones winning because they're the ones that are internally happy and fulfilled. Like look at Tony Robbins, like freaking billionaire, like incredible, inspired, passionate person. And he talks about, you know, he has billionaire friends and some of them are really happy, fulfilled people. And some of them are not. And if they lose like a billion out of their 7 billion, they'll jump off of a bridge. And it's like, well, what's separating the two? Like, you know, if you have $7 billion and you jump off the bridge, like, do you want to live that life? So uh, kind of uh, reframing the the posts and this comes back to like March and kind of everything that how I recontextualize everything. It was absolutely insanity. I appreciate the people that have come before me and I appreciate the people that I can share um, my knowledge of my story too. So we can make this world a better place. I love it, bro. I love it, man. I'm a, are you a, you listen to, is Brene Brown on your radar at all? No, but so should, she, should, should Brene Brown be on yeah, my radar? Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Um, yeah. she, you're you're going to love it. Like I would, I would start by watching her Netflix special. It's incredible. Um, I'm writing this down right now. Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, she talks about the idea that we've come from this power over culture forever, right? Like the history of the world is someone has this like advantage. You hold it over people. And as you hold it and keep it to yourself, you, you, you enrich yourself and whatever. And now we're shifting to a power with culture, right? Like, because the internet has completely taken out the entry barriers and, you know, information is free and whatever advantage you have today is not, you're going to be your advantage tomorrow. The only way to win to me, in my opinion, the only way to win long-term at this point is to figure out that power with dynamic, right? It's like, how can I win by elevating the people around me? Right. So like that to me, that to me is a direct representation of just like, the $7 billion guy that went down a six and jumped off a bridge has probably stepped on so many heads on the way down that the moment that he took a, that that he took a step down, he knows that all his comeuppance are coming. So he's just like making it quick while like the person that is out there providing value, it might take longer, but like the, the incremental gains that you make don't go away because the moment, and this is what I experienced, right? The moment that I needed some help, people came rushing to it, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and that, like, I have goosebumps saying that, right. But like that, that to me is like, you're going to get kicked in the nuts at some point, <laughs> you know? So like the question is like, does the kick in the nuts lead to like you getting trampled on by everybody that you trampled on? Or does the kick in the nuts come up to, you know, lead to like people elevating you, like you've elevated them the moment that you need help, man. And, and, and I just, you know, because information is free, it's too easy to like, if you're not, if you're not being good, it's too easy that the moment that you falter, it's all the bad things, any bad thing that you've done is going to bury you, man. So it's just in your own self-interest, it, it works better to approach it this way. What a sense of community that we're building. I think that there's a whole mental health revolution going on in this country with all the information that's out there and the interconnectedness um, at, at two sides, right? There's like, social media and this a lot of times gets you to turn your brain off and creates this like weird dynamic of like jealousy and what I don't have. And then the other side is this like positivity and it, all the people like yourself, like all these other incredible people that have come into my life that have this positive energy, this positive spirit and the sense of community that you're talking about where it's not, we're not stepping on each other. Um, what an incredible thing. So like, yeah. let's keep doing this. Let's keep scaling it. Let's keep, getting out this information, bringing, make the, make the network bigger. Let's incorporate everyone that wants to be part of it. And, you know, this, I think it, it comes back to like our human nature. Like at the end of the day, like we came from like small communities, small tribes where 
you don't like you're, you're, we're all together. Like, why, why do I need a bigger hut than this person? Like at the end of the day, we're all out here trying to survive. Like let's, let, let's none of us get eaten by the tiger. You know what I mean? Let's band together. So none of us get eaten by the mental health tiger or the, whatever other tiger we have out there. Um, so it's incredible to kind of think of it from an evolutionary perspective and, and just build this community. I like it, bro. I like it, man. I could, I could, I could keep talking about that forever, man. Let's talk, let's talk community on a, on like a physical sense. You just, you took, you saw this stuff happening in Oregon. You're from Miami, you know, Winwood Yard proved this business model in Miami and, and, and was like big time and win and, and is doing well. You took a road trip, you ended up in Jacksonville. What was it? What was it that brought you to Jacksonville for it? So multi-tiered. Um, first of all, the people are really cool. The people, I love the people here. They resonate a lot. Um, they kind of culturally are, are the same as me. So it resonated a lot there. And then from a, from a business perspective. What, what do you mean by culturally are the same as you? You know, like. So I've, I've visited some other places in the South. So I think like just values wise, you know, it just seemed like someone I'd be growing up with in Miami. Right. And also, you know, you go into Riverside and you see other young people like demographically, um, you know, a lot of gay people here, which is like super accepted, which is awesome. So like socially liberal, which is super cool, forward thinking. So like all the, the people who would be my customer were here, which is, which is what I understood. I, I asked that because I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about Jacksonville, right? Like I wanted, yeah. I, wa- I wanted you to go there, right? Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. this is a pretty progressive place. Like yeah, this is for sure. surprisingly, it's a surprisingly enlightened Southern community. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And then from a, uh, from a business, uh, from a, again, a business perspective, um, supply and demand, I learned so much about supply and demand in Oregon and in Oregon, I was, uh, we were in the cannabis, we were growing cannabis in the place that had the most licenses and the least population. Hmm. So it was not a good business. Um, so I learned firsthand what not to do supply and demand. So when I did my road trip, I was like the opposite. So the first place I was going to was Greenville, South Carolina, because I heard so many good things about it. So on my way up there, I'm driving on 95 and I see Jacksonville. I was like, I had no idea anything about Jacksonville. Didn't know Joe from Schmo. I was like, do I stop here? Do I not stop here? Do I stop here? And I was just like, eh, yeah. turn off the highway, come in. And, you know, I went into downtown and I saw all these huge buildings. It was a Sunday. I saw all these huge buildings in this ghost town. Okay. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like it because I knew that, you know, people are here, like these big buildings, like people inhabit it. Um, but obviously there hasn't been this like re-urban development in Jacksonville like we've seen in every other market. So I was like, okay, interesting. Spent a few hours, went to Riverside, went to Five Points, started talking to different people. And I was like, man, like these people are super cool. Like, all right, hit the road, started traveling around more. Figuring real out this quick, that. real quick. How'd you end up in Riverside and Five Points not having known Jacksonville? I went into uh, a hotel there and I went to the, uh, in downtown and I asked the receptionist, I was like, dude, why are there no people here? And he's telling me, I'm like, where are the people? And so he told me there. So I was like, I went over there, spent a few hours. That's on my road trip. I literally, every single market, I just walked up to random people on the street. Um, At the time I was single. So I used it as an opportunity also to talk to cute girls. Um, So (laughs) that was pretty fun. 
That's um, not bro. My, my, my move is always, I always Google map farm to table. And I'm like, wherever there's farm to table restaurants or vegetarian restaurants, I know that's, that that's like where the scene is, right? Like that's the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I, 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 I realized that, Hey, there's a big, uh, like cool market. So then I was like, all right, let me figure out more about this place. Mm -hmm. And on my road trip around the Southeast, I went to every food hall, beer garden, live music venue and kind of analyze what people were doing. Well, I also analyzed the business models. And what I realized was that, um, people did well in food and beverage and hospitality, but the guys who really crushed it were the real estate guys. And basically like utilize these interesting concepts draw foot traffic into a certain area and then you develop the retail and you develop the office and you develop multifamily and those are the guys that did it the biggest those are the guys that had the most impact um so i realized like okay this is definitely like more of a real estate play so then when i started looking at real estate prices in different urban areas all over the southeast i was looking at jackson i was like huh <laughs> huh and I was just like, what, what is wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, how is this stuff it's priced this way? And what I realized was I wasn't crazy. Like other people just don't see it. I'm just like, there's something wrong. There's just this whole misconception, even within Jacksonville, like the old money Jacksonville, like they just, they don't get it. Like, oh, downtown. But now, you know, I got in, I started seeing it and just it, between like the not having any food halls and any really cool, like not many ho cool hospitality uh, places in, like around downtown area between that and the real estate prices, it was like, this is the spot. So I, I decided, and then coming back to Alex. So my dad's in this organization, YPO, Alex is in this organization, YPO. So I emailed every single YPO or in all of Jacksonville and Alex uh, telling them what I wanted to do. And I was like, Oh dude, this is dope. Like let's chat. So Alex and I chatted, he got me in touch with these people, that people. I started networking, doing the thing. And really now, you know, every day I get a better understanding of the players here. And, and downtown is about to go through this incredible revolution. I mean, it's already started. Yeah, they're right at that tipping point. Like come to Springfield. Yeah. I mean, go to go to Strings, go to Main and Six, go to Hyperion, go to Crispy's, come to Alberry, like see everything that's going on there. Then like with what Alex is doing downtown with all the buildings that he's bought there um, and all the cool, cool plans and ideas that, that he has going on. Um, you know, High Knees is working on a project downtown as well. There's an urban trail that's going to, have you heard of the Emerald Trail yeah, that's going to open up in downtown? Like um, The yeah. Phoenix Art District yeah, like, yeah. right there in Springfield. I mean, like there's this crazy uh, thing in the works. And, you know, yeah. if you come as like a lay a person like that doesn't have the, the insight you, you might drive through downtown and think, oh, whatever, you know, but like when you blink your eyes, like five years from now, uh, 10 years from now and see like what's going to happen in this space, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and what's so amazing is like to be part of that, to be one of the, the players that's in this creative community, in this creative hub, like bringing these cool, interesting concepts to the forefront, being part of this revolution uh, is absolutely incredible and no other city could even close to offer that. I mean, I'd be a nobody in Miami, Orlando, Tampa, this, that, the other, but here, like, I feel like I can actually make an impact. Um, and it's, it's been fun. It's been interesting. It's been blessed. The universe has brought me here for a reason. 
Um, and, and I'm just going to do everything I can to, uh, to, to make this place a better place and make the world a better place. That's what's up, bro. I love it. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.